1: in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. The crown awaits with a 100% up to £150 plus 50 free spins over your first two deposits at kingcasino.com. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. BeGambleAware.org.
3: Happy Monday, this is Football Social Daily. We're into another week of Premier League news, Premier League reviews and Premier League reaction. But no action yet because we're still a couple of weeks off the start of the new season, even though last night was really the official end of last season. The Champions League final, Bayern Munich beating PSG in that. We'll have a brief chat about that very shortly. Also on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about the future of Paul Pogba because we may have some clarification over what the French midfielder is up to this summer? And we're going to be taking a look at Harry Maguire's situation after the Manchester United defender got himself into a little bit of a pickle in Greece. What does that mean for his footballing future? A Greek pickle sounds delicious. <laughs> I've had <haven't laughs> any breakfast yet. Pretty fancy a Greek pickle. Uh, I'm Jim Salverson. Got Steve McNaughton to with me today in the Manchester studio. Morning, Steve. Morning, Jim. And we've got Marley Anderson back from his little break in the sunshine and back on the podcast. Hello, Marley. Hello, boys. Uh, Before we get on with the podcast today, I want to make a little appeal, because can we all lay off Marley a little bit? A while ago, I was asking for reviews on the podcast. and Well, I love reading the comments that people give. I love reading the reviews and the thoughts on the podcast. And if you want to leave us a review, please do. Apple Podcasts, you can do it there, wherever you listen to podcasts. But it's turned into a bit of a a (laughs) have-a-pop-at-Marley-Anderson fest. It's becoming a little bit fashionable. So, please, show Marley some love in the reviews instead. That said, I did just want to read one more review. (laughs) He's having a little bit of a pop at Marley. Uh, This one's from Maryland Mike, who leaves us a four-star review. Does say some nice things, but then he says, if you're a Manchester City fan, be prepared for lots of negative coverage. I think it's a little bit unfair. I think Mm. we give Manchester City their fair share of praise as well. And then he goes on to say, whenever Marley open brackets, a guy, question, Question. sorry, close
2: brackets. You've got to distinguish that I'm not a dog. Yes, right
3: all right, okay. He's on the podcast. See, it's interesting, but his perspective is coloured by his abject bitterness of being a Newcastle fan. Hashtag sad. So I just wanted you to confirm, Marley. Hey, what?
2: Well, what when I'm talking common. about Man City?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think it's uh, just a, your, your your opinion on everything is coloured by your abject bitterness.
2: <laughs> that's hard. I was going to say, if that's... If that's uh, relating to Man City, I practically come across as a Man City fan. I'm saying I want them to win the Champions League. I want them to do. You know, I want them to sign players. I want Guardiola to stay and all that. So I don't know what he's going from there. I but that, if he's talking about being bitter as a Newcastle fan, well, try being a bloody Newcastle <laughs> fan, Maryland Mike. <laughs> try it. I, you walk a mile in my shoes, Maryland Mike.
3: <laughs> I think we can Jesus confirm. Wept. Marley is a guy as well. So that's just confirm. Not a, a guy. dog, not a girl, definitely a guy. Mm.
2: I've, I've been called worse. Okay, <laughs> let's
3: crack on with the Champions League. It was the final last night. Neymar was left in tears at the end after Shame. Bayern Munich won one oh. nil. And now our focus is always going to be on the Premier League, so we won't linger too much on the game itself. But Marley, are you comfortable saying that
2: Bayern Munich are the best team in Europe? Uh, yeah, just because it means uh, Liverpool <laughs> no longer the best team in Europe. Uh, sorry, Steve. I couldn't resist, couldn't it's resist okay, a little.
0: Uh, Buy account, little team pop there.
2: Um, well, they won the won the Europe, they won the European Cup in in some style, didn't they? Absolutely smashed everyone. I think they won. Did they win every every game in the whole competition? So, I mean, it's I think they're the first team to ever do that. So, yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant performance. I think the right team won as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think PSG had a little bit of a a fairly easy run to the final, if I'm honest. Um, and I think Bayern. Bayern's just destroyed all in their path, so yeah, they're happy mm-hmm. that Lewandowski got his first uh, Champions League, um, and I, I, ideally out of everybody, I, I, Bayern weren't my number one choices to uh, to win it, because I don't, I don't really like how they sort of moan about things as if they're not one of the European elite, you know, and they say things like they can, other teams can buy players that we can't and that kind of thing, well, that kind of grates on me a little bit, but in terms of who was left in it, and you know, Bayern versus PSG, it was always going to be the neutral leaning towards Bayern last night, which proved sort of how uh, yeah. unpopular PSG are in the the general sort of grand scheme of things. So, but yeah, they were they were good. Like it was a good game last night, but um, Bayern were. You always fancied Bayern to to uh, to kill off PSG as soon as you know Neuer started making them saves, and you were thinking this isn't PSG's night. So yeah, happy for, happy for Bayern. How does it feel,
3: Steve, to relinquish that European crown as a Liverpool fan to hand it over to Bayern? I would guess that just makes Jurgen Klopp and co. more hungry to get it back next year.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we went out to Atletico, didn't we, in the, the round of 16. And I think that um, uh, what's frustrating about it is that it was it was a couple of errors from Adrian that cost us that tie. And that's just the way it goes in football. And I think Bayern are worthy winners this year. Um I'd love to play Bayern sometime soon because I think, I think Liverpool would beat Bayern Munich. Um, really? Yeah, we, well, we went to the Allianz last season of beating 3-1 on the home turf, didn't we? And, um, you know, after a 0-0 at Anfield in the first leg, so I think we, we're obviously the last team to beat them in Europe. And um, I just think in a, in a one-off game, I think Liverpool would do them. Mm. And um, you know, with I think the new manager? The, well, Hansi Flick. He well, can't go. either go on the pitch, Marley, and play have, the game uh, for them. Did they have Kovac last time you beat them? Uh, they did have Kovacs yeah last Oof. time we beat him but I, 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 I found, as a Liverpool fan I think most Liverpool fans would fancy a match against Bayern mm. um, and, um, but they're, they're worthy winners I mean what they did to Barcelona was incredible to watch and um, obviously they stuck seven on Tottenham in London yeah. didn't they and they, they gave Chelsea I think they were about seven or eight on aggregate to Chelsea as well weren't they and you, you can't argue with that and, and Bayern is a, are a team packed with quality um, you know, and yes, there's there's ways that Bayern Munich do their business. Um, certainly, where the Bundesliga is concerned, which. You know, does ruffle a few feathers, and um, and there's the the, the valid point that, that Marley made as well about the signings that they've made. But you know, they did a deal for Coutinho with an option to buy for 100 million, and um, they signed um, Leroy Sane for what 55 ish something like that. So they do throw money around mm. Bayern Munich. I mean, he's got to come into that Bayern Munich team as well. Remember. Yeah, and That's I think you know, but, you know, Thiago is going from the Bayern Munich team, and um, you know, he'll be a miss for him because again, he he was great last night. And, um, yeah, they're they're worthy winners. Congratulations to them. You know, we're tied with them on six each now. I'd love to meet them uh, in the Champions League next season. And, um, you know, because hopefully it's not in the group stages, uh, you know, because I think we'd be probably two of the highest seeds in the competition. But I'd certainly love to get Bayern in the knockout stages next season.
3: Loads of talent on show last night for both teams. Some of world-class players who would you want to see in the Premier League if you could pick one player either from PSG or Bayern and go we'll bring them into the Premier League who would you have because I mean Lewandowski is obviously I
0: mean that bloody dust cloud ruined his Blackburn (laughs) dreams (laughs) sorry you know from the volcanic uh, ash from Iceland ruined his dreams it could have been a different path for him
3: (laughs) I mean I I thought um, a player who I had Very little prior knowledge of Kingsley Coman last night was absolutely superb. I thought he was brilliant. Who would you go for, Miley? If you were going to look at PSG and Bayern and bring one player into the Premier League, who would you fancy? Not necessarily for Newcastle.
2: Oh, uh, there's only one person for me, and that is Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting. Bring him back. (laughs) Bring him back. Um, (laughs) No, uh, out of the two teams, it's hard to look past Mbappe. Mm, Um, Quite a game last night. Mm. Yeah, it was. He, they did. They did quite well to, to shut him down, really, and played played the right system. And I think Alfonso Davis. I just wanted to see that race. I wanted to see Alfonso Davis and Killing Mbappe cover seventy yards in about four seconds last night. But yeah. I don't, to the best of my memory, I don't think it quite happened because they're on uh, on opposite wings for most of the uh, night. So that was a bit of a shame. But um, other than Mbappe, I mean, the guy who's who's uh, linked to come and and sign for. Either Liverpool or Arsenal, whoever. Thiago. Hmm. he's an absolute joy to watch. I think just yeah, the, the things superb. his his touch is ridiculous. Like it's literally like he's got glue on his boots, and the things he does is like he just makes the game look so easy. And then you go and play it in the park, and it's like Jesus Christ, I can't even, you know, I can't even dream of doing the things he does that make he makes it look so easy like bringing a ball down uh, from you know from a, an awkward angle receiving it in tight possession picking out a pass both feet brilliant um, drops
0: deep as well Marley doesn't he you know he can do yeah. it all
2: he can do everything. He can play more advanced, can't he? Behind the behind the ten, I think in his earlier career as a sort of number ten, he can play in a midfield three, and he can play the sort of quarterbackish role like like you're saying. So he can give a team so much, and I'm genuinely amazed they're they're letting him go for thirty million. I don't understand what they what they think they've got that's better than him, um, mm. other than possibly the next generation. Uh, Goretzka's pretty young, Tolisso's pretty young. Um, so maybe they're trying to move on and, and move him on in, in that kind of sense but
0: he's in his last year though isn't he he can sign for another club from the 1st of January anyway yeah yeah but he's,
2: he's still he's still only 30 and he's still in the team so I don't know maybe maybe he's requesting a change I, I'm not sure but mm. I, either way it, his loss could be the Premier League's gain because if he comes to the league then it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a very good uh, move for the neutral who likes to watch football couple of players
3: on show last night that will be coming to the Premier League or we think will be coming to the Premier League anyway former Liverpool player Felipe Coutinho mm-hmm. looks like he's going to be potentially coming to Arsenal you'll be familiar with him from his time at Liverpool Steve Thiago Silva as well now out of contract at PSG there's a few sources today reporting that it's a done deal that he's on his way to Chelsea which doesn't particularly fit the Chelsea blueprint for
0: signing that uh, you know, with the greatest of respect to Thiago Silva, I think at 35 years of age, I think I just think he'd be exposed in the Premier mm-hmm. League. I think you know, obviously, um, you know, there's some quick plays in league on in France and that. But you know, the Premier League is at such a frenetic, rapid pace, relentless. Uh, well. It's very relentless, different to league where I, you yeah, get a week off I every think now and again. That, that's it. I think that that pace will will he'll struggle with you know is he better than what Chelsea have got at the minute Um, potentially but I think that him playing two or three games a week uh, you know for that team isn't going to happen and I think that he will be exposed by by quite a few um, attacking players in the Premier League so it's free though I mean I would imagine he'll be on a decent salary Um, but I just think that again you know you wonder why you know where Gary Cahill goes to Crystal Palace and you think you know I'm not quite sure what the thinking is there you know what I mean what do you think, Marley, about the potential signing of Thiago Silva? Do you think is
3: that makes sense in your eyes to improve that Chelsea team, a team that doesn't seem shy of investing a bit of money at the moment?
2: Uh, it's sort of, it makes sense, and it doesn't um, in the way that it makes sense that they need an experienced defender. I think to to sort of you know hold things together and, and come in, but it doesn't make much sense in the fact that I agree with what Steve's saying about playing multiple games a week. You know, at his age, I know he's, he's fitter than anything. You know, he's fitter than you know most guys that are younger than him and that kind of thing. He'll have enough in the tank to, to get through a ninety game, a ninety minute game on a Saturday perfectly well. But then, his recovery time might need uh, might need something, and if it does, then it it completely cancels out the um, the sort of advantage of, of buying him because if he can't play every week then all of a sudden in the in the midweek games you're back to square one where you've got to mm. then thread together another centre back pairing um, so it could be like Thiago Silva and Redaiga, and then in midweek you're bringing in Christensen and Zuma. and then Fikayo Tomori's not getting a game and you know you harm his development by bringing in an an older you know veteran centre back like Tiago Silva as good as he is he's still going to um shut the door on on Tomori you would think who's probably at the bottom of that Pecking order because Lampard seems to like um, Kurt Zuma and and Kristensen a little bit more than him uh, in the second half of last season. So it's uh, it's a bit of a strange one. I have to see where it goes because I wouldn't be surprised if he was a success, but I would have I would have a bit of uh, you know a bit of trepidation with with what he can bring to to Chelsea in the long term. But it's clearly a risk they they see as working so you know let's let's see what let's see what happens
3: there's a little bit more news on potential chelsea defensive reinforcements coming up later in the podcast as well so if you're a blue stick around for that it's coming up in the third section of today's podcast one of the interesting bits of news that has come out post the final last night is that uefa are considering using the single game format for the latter stages of the competition for the knockout stages because it worked so well this time, basically. They're going, well, it created much less cautious games than having the home and away scenario that we usually have. I don't think they're thinking about having a mini tournament like they have, like all decamping to Lisbon or something like that and playing all the games there. But it could be one leg quarterfinals, one leg semi finals. Do you think that would benefit
0: the Premier League in any way, Steve? Um, well, I think obviously from a fixture point of view it'd be better for everyone, wouldn't it? Because, you know, there's there's um uh, you know, there's one less game to play. Well, certainly round the 16, quarter-final, semi-final. Mm. Um, you know, so there's three less games to play, which, w- which would be welcome. But um, I, d- I just don't think that... I'm not a fan of it. I like the two-legged European ties. I think certainly um, when they're, they're kind of, you know, there's a 2-1 lead somewhere and you've got to go over and kind of finish the job somewhere else. So I, I like the thrill of that. I like the, you know, the, the excitement and the anticipation of all that. So I wouldn't be... Uh, pro doing that in my point of view uh, from my point of view but I think that um, we've had a unique set of circumstances this season um, and we've just had to get it done and dusted in some way shape and form and I think has it worked doing it this way yes obviously it's very sad that the fans weren't in there but I think long term I'd sooner we sacrifice games in the Carabao Cup than Mm. than do this if you're you're in the top four in, in this country um, I'd sooner that we didn't participate in that. You know, when we 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 kept the Champions League in the format that it is.
3: You're in a similar situation to me here, Marley. Neither of our teams are going to be bothering the Champions League <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> and it, it feels to me, I mean, I kind of get what Steve's saying. It's not as fair to have a home and away leg. But you look at the games that took place in this year's Champions League as a single leg, and they were more exciting. Mm.
2: Yeah, uh, it was exciting because you only get one one shot at it, don't you? You only get yeah. ninety minutes. Um, the advantage of of two legs is also its disadvantage in the way that um, they can be a little bit more tactically based um so you can have teams you know shutting up shop a little bit in the in the away leg thinking we'll get them back to ours and we'll we'll go for it um and sometimes that that leads to slightly less exciting uh, ties if you look at how atletico madrid play um, for example, you know that they're gonna do that low block at one in one of their ninety minutes. They're gonna shut up shop and soak up everything and frustrate teams. Um, so mm. it might lead to more games like that. Um, if you do keep the two legs, but if you go to the one, it's more of a one-off shot, and uh, you know it's sort of winner takes it all kind of thing. Um, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to it to be honest. If if we get to a point next season where some of Europe's been shut down by a second wave, for example, it wouldn't surprise me to see to see it come back Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah I wouldn't be opposed to it because you know like you say I'm a neutral my team's never going to be in it Um, so let's bring it on I think
3: it was a bit of an offhand comment at the moment, so no firm plans that it's actually going to happen, but an interesting proposal if it does. Right, we'll leave the Champions League there and we're going to focus on events closer to home. Not that much closer to home, because we're going to go to Greece, where Harry Maguire is in a spot of trouble, and we're going to talk about that next on Football Social Daily.
1: Football Social Daily. Get ready to play with a 100% up to £150 plus 50 free spins over your first two deposits at kingcasino.com. Over 18 only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. Be gamblerware.org. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode.
3: Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Now, as we were recording this podcast on Friday, the news broke that Manchester United defender Harry Maguire had been arrested in Greece after some kind of nightclub <coughs> bust-up. At the time it was only rumours so we took the call not to mention it on the podcast because it was only just seeping through but since then the story has unfolded a little bit with regards to what may or may not have happened. As always there's a lot of rumour and as always there's a lot of people guessing as to the exact events but the papers are reporting that Harry Maguire did get into a scuffle in a night spot in Greece. Allegedly, he was verbally attacked. Some of his party were physically attacked. That kind of escalated. He retaliated. A fight broke out and it ended up involving some of the Greek police. He has been charged with assault. He's been charged with attempted bribery as well, both of which he has pleaded not guilty to. Now, there's no way for us to tell exactly what's happened. We weren't there. We've read the same reports as you have in the papers and on websites, no doubt. But I think what we can look at is that this isn't an isolated incident as far as footballers are concerned. Footballers are potential targets when they go out in the evening or to a meal or to a nightclub or whatever it is. So is this another situation of a player needing to be more aware of who he is and the kind of attention he attracts, Steve?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that it's it's unfortunate that it comes with the territory, doesn't it? When you when you earn a lot of money like Harry Maguire does, and you you are in the spotlight because you know you play for England and you play for for Man United, obviously one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, I think you've just got to watch your Ps and Qs, and you've got to take a bit of responsibility for 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 you know your actions. Really, I think um, it's very difficult to to enjoy yourself and and kind of. Let your her down, easy for me to say, um, and and kind of switch off. But the reality is, in that short span of a football player's career, you've got to do it. You know what I mean? And um, I just think that it, it, it's a very sorry situation, and I think that he should know better. Is that you know he's the captain of Man United? It should have been getting to a point where. Um, he thought actually I'm a bit too tuned in here or this situation's getting a bit kind of out of hand I'm just going to remove myself Mm. from it and go and walk off and go to a different place or something like that Um, but he's not, you know him and his his party have allegedly kind of like hit it face on and and, and got into a full-scale brawl but it's just disappointing when you see footballers do this and I think everyone concerned certainly from a Man United point of view was just thinking it's just the spotlight that we don't need on it and I think you know, one of the charges in particular is very, very serious. Uh, the other one, the others, he'd probably get a slap on the wrist for. Um, but, you know, the papers are saying that the bribery is the most serious mm. one where he's tried to bribe a police officer, allegedly. Um, and um, But I don't think he'll have a problem with it. I think the legal team will just go over to, to Greece and dismantle it fairly easily. But it's just the whole spotlight and the whole unwanted attention that it brings and and footballers generally we've said it before i've got to take a bit more responsibility it's a difficult situation isn't it marley because on one hand footballers shouldn't have
3: to put up with this kind of abuse they shouldn't have to be cautious when they go to a nightclub be it when they're on holiday or be it in their home city but the fact of the matter is there are
2: out there who
3: will want to cause trouble with people because they are in the spotlight
2: Yeah, 100%. Um, There's only so much you can do. I mean, I don't... don't, Obviously, we're never going to know the exact situation and, uh, you know, circumstances that led to this. But what you... I don't believe Harry Maguire went out looking for trouble. I don't believe he, he instigated it. He probably just protected himself and, you know, he was probably getting abused as as the reporters said and people were shouting, or oh, you know, you're you're rubbish, your team's rubbish, you're not worth the money, blah, 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 things he's heard. And he's probably just sat there having a, I I think it was he in a pub or a bar and he was probably just sat and having a meal or a quiet a quiet mm. drink, trying to mind himself with his uh with the people he was with, his sister and his girlfriend and a few mates or whatever. Um and then this happens and sometimes it can be hard to to hold your tongue i would i would imagine um so when it when they crossed a line um you know he he did obviously made a mistake but you could understand it from a human level if somebody was shouting abuse at you in the street and coming up and getting in your face you would you would have a problem with it you would it's hard to to walk away and sometimes if, if you do try and walk away people don't let you don't let you do that because they're so intent on getting something out of you and getting a rise out of the out of you and if you know if, if, if attention turned to his sister for example or whoever it was and they were saying you're a you know nasty, calling her nasty names and stuff like that then it, you know it, it comes into it that you've got to sort of protect your family a little bit as well so I can understand why is the humanity the human sort of nature came in and, and he, he made the mistake he did but you know, it's hard to it's hard to say that he's completely like you know completely out of line because I think a lot of people would have done that in that situation. Um, but one, I mean, one thing I was thinking about it as well. The I very much doubt. You know, we're seeing reports like his sister was stabbed and stuff like that. Like, I I think a lot of it's been sort of lost in translation a little mm. bit because. I, she wasn't. She probably wasn't stabbed, but probably a glass broke and cut her arm, mm. something like that. You know what I mean? Like, and everyone's like, "Oh, his sister got stabbed," so you know he's uh, he's protecting her. Like, he, yeah. I, I doubt it because unless I've missed something, she hasn't been to hospital or anything. She, well, she's not not in any danger. She's she's all right. So, but still, if a glass broke and you see blood on your your sister, you kick off, and it's you can't help that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you if one of us seen our family with blood all over their arm from a broken glass and a bunch of lads shouting stuff at you, you would you would go for them.
3: I think this raises an interesting point that I wanted to come on to anyway, and it's in terms of the way the story has been reported in the British media, and no doubt that these reports have coloured our opinion of the story somewhat. Very much the tone has been in defence of Harry Maguire, mm. saying he was provoked, saying his sister was... <clears throat> stabbed in some way, saying his behaviour was out of character for him as an individual. And you compare that in the way to, say, for example, Raheem Sterling is portrayed or has been portrayed in the media uh, when he was vilified for buying a house for his mum. Mm. It's a really uncomfortable juxtaposition yeah. that we find ourselves in that we have two England players, both young, promising Talents, although I mean Harry is not that young anymore. Still probably getting into the PFA Young Player of the Year award, but not that young at 27. <laughs> 31. Yeah. But there's there's a there's a stark difference between the way they are treated mm. in the media, and to me, there's only one obvious difference as to why that might be.
0: Yeah.
3: It's it's a really sad state of affairs. And I don't I mean, you don't want to call out the British media for institutional racism, but it does seem to be apparent, Marley.
2: I don't don't think it's the most wild uh, Acquisition you could ever (laughs) Definitely not uh, You could ever come up with To be honest Mm. Um, Jim Yeah you've seen things like this um, You know for years You know with How The certain treatment Of certain players has been Um, I'm not quite sure How this exactly relates To to Sterling Because he hasn't been In a similar situation No No it's been a much
3: A much much less dramatic situation but handled in a much much more vilified way Mm -hmm. yeah
2: which is which is the the point i suppose you know they're they are guilty of things the media they are guilty of spinning things and suiting their their weird agendas and and that kind of thing and yeah obviously it's it's wrong it's a massive issue um but I think with the, the light, we're now sort of shining on the problem. If you, I think if uh, you'll start to see that, hopefully less and less, because, you know, there's now a, a genuine movement that everybody's aware of it. So all of a sudden, if you do it, then you become, you know, the, the thing that people are trying to destroy kind of thing. So mm. hopefully it, it goes away in the future. But, I mean, as I always say, on whenever... Um, we talk about racism on the podcast i always say that it there's never been a time in my life your life steve's life or the life of anyone i can think of where racism hasn't been a problem so um it's always been a problem so all we've got to try and do is sort of control it a bit a bit more and hopefully these type of headlines uh uh stamped out in the future and we can we can try and actually treat incidents for what they are rather than what we're trying to make people think they are on the topic of raheem sterling we know
3: what happened when raheem sterling and joe gomez had a bust up in the england canteen a couple of seasons ago and we know the fallout for that and the was it both players that ended up not playing for england in the wake of that or was it just sterling i forget now i think sterling got just sterling was dropped Um, well we've got england games around the corner hmm. southgate has proved himself to be a manager who I think handles this stuff quite well, but mm. also doesn't tolerate any kind of what he classes as behaviour that doesn't reflect his players as model professionals. He was a model professional himself, I think it's safe to say. Do you think this is going to affect Harry
0: Maguire's selection for England in the upcoming international games? No, uh, I, think that, I think it's just probably a conversation between Gareth and, and Harry. Um, it's t- it's tough because like like say th- th- this stuff's always going to happen with footballers, and I think um, you know it depends on on the gravity of the situation. But I think that this is a conversation between uh, the two people. Were um, it's first of all checking Harry's mental state mm. after it all and seeing where he's at and if he if he can focus enough on the games, um, you know, while the legalities are all kind of going on in the background. And I think that. Um, you know, it's it's Gareth probably putting an arm around him and, and knowing that you know he is still kind of dependent on for his country and um, and that he just needs to concentrate on his football again. And um, I think he'll still start. I think him and Gomez will start for England. And um, you know, he'll he'll just kind of probably want to move on, and and so will everyone else from it. You know, as quickly as possible, but. Yeah, I think it'd be unfair to drop him uh, based on based on this because there's a lot of moving parts in this situation. Mm. Like you, you know, we've just covered off in in terms of uh, the the incident and um, let his football do the talking. You know, it, it's happened. I, I like I said earlier before, footballers do have a certain responsibility. Yes, they fall through the net sometimes and things like this happen. But let the lad get on with his football, uh, do what he does on the pitch. Um, and and play for his England and Man United without you know as little distraction as possible really. Well, moving on quickly is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to talk about transfers
3: next and uh, a bit of news concerning Paul Pogba. It seems like we're always talking about Paul Pogba's future at Manchester United, but his agent has given us a little bit of intel as to where that future might be and we'll talk about that next on Football Social Daily
1: football social daily get ready to play with a 100% up to £150 plus 50 free spins over your first two deposits at kingcasino.com over 18s only terms and conditions apply please play responsibly be gambleaware.org Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back. We're going to
3: finish off today's podcast with a little bit of transfer chat. Look at some of the contract negotiations that are going on and look at some of the big money moves that could be coming in the coming week in the Premier League. Starting with Paul Pogba again. It's been a while since we've talked about Paul Pogba, actually, but his agent (laughs) that everyone loves, Mino Riola, has said. Well, giving us a little insight as to where his future might be, he said that Paul Pogba is going nowhere this summer, but might be off next summer. What do you make of this, Marley? Is there any weight in what Mino Riola says at any point, or is he just keeping his player in the agenda?
2: the only way Mino Raiola carries is in his waistband I think (laughs) and his wallet Um, to be fair (laughs) and his wallet Um, yeah I don't know to me it seems like Raiola wants a a summer off (laughs) a nice easy (laughs) summer where it isn't, you know, he's not going back and forward with clients and trying to find them new uh, new clubs and what have you and answering all this speculation. Um, and with the short window, he's probably like, Paul, I can't guarantee anybody would want to buy you this summer no. um, in the current climate. I can't guarantee that... I mean, Juventus have just got the new manager. Obviously, he used to play with perlo, Um So, you know, he doesn't know whether he fits in there. Uh, perlo has got his own ideas. He wants to sign his own players. Um, so you would assume if he would go back to to Italy and to Juventus, then they might not be in the best position to buy him. Um, I think maybe you know you're looking at PSG. They've just that's another potential uh, place for him to go. I think obviously they've just got to the final. They they'll probably feel that they don't need much more in terms of of going all the way in Europe and winning the one that they've wanted to win for. You know, five or six years now, so it's just not the best window to move. It's not the best opportunity. Sometimes you have to, you know, sit and wait if you do want to move. But Mm. it's good news for Man United. I think they're in a good position now. Obviously, they can have a full season with Pogba and Fernandez partnering each other. They can look at other areas of the team now because they they've got that midfield sort of the two starting midfielders, their two stars uh, on board, and you know, not distracted or anything like that. So it's good news for for united and they can have a nice uh, a nice summer where they can say right okay we need we need, to, we need to go and get a winger now we need to go and get a left back mm. and sort out the goalie situation so it's one thing checked off the list for for solskjaer now so it's uh, it's happy days for for man united because it's good news for everyone i think
3: how much good news is it for manchester united though steve because i think about paul pogba and when he came to manchester united he was touted as one of the best if not the best midfielder in the world I can't remember the last time he had a good game I can't remember the last time he had a game actually for Manchester yeah. United how far has his star fallen now from where he was when he joined Manchester United for 89.9 million quid
0: yeah seems a long time ago that it doesn't does. it you know where they've, they've let him go to Juventus on a free or whatever it was and then he paid 90 million yeah. nearly to sign him back uh, I just think you know what I think he's probably not even in the top five midfielders in the country never mind um, you know they're kind of best I who are we putting that- above him then well, that's a different yeah. conversation, you know what I mean? I'll yeah, send the Noble Madrid t- <laughs> spread film. the spreadsheet. Jordan out. Henderson uh, But you know, Mark I think Noble. That, um uh, Martin no- Noble's a good shout. I just on, think if that we're doing he- that, we're having John Joe Shelby in that. <laughs> exactly, yeah, uh, Matty Longstaff with his two year deal, Marley. Congratulations. And um, I just think that um yeah, he don't take games by the scruff of the neck. He doesn't kind of massively impose mm-hmm. himself. Chips in with some goals now and again, and I think obviously he's lost penalty duties because Fernandez is seems to be getting one every game, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And I just think that um, United probably, you know, wouldn't miss him that much if he did go. I think you know they they've probably got other options they could pursue, other people they could bring in, or someone they could you know promote. But I just think that the guy's stealing a living. To be fair, I think you know the the, the cash that will be on. I mean he must be on three hundred grand a week at least yeah. I'm guessing. Um and I just don't think he's value for money for United. I don't think they get the the, the, the return on that investment that that they've put into him. And um I just think he flatters to the seed, doesn't he? You know, he just he's in there and he's got this kind of hype around him. But, you know, over the last three or four years since he's been back at United, it's like nothing's really mm. happened. Um I think when Shalsha come back in he got about four or five goals quite quickly didn't he? It was like, oh, here he is. But it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously there's a player in there somewhere, but I think he's going to be this type of guy that no matter where he is, he's always talking about his next move.
3: I think it'll be an interesting season for him because Manchester yeah. United need him to have a good season do, to put yeah. some of that value back yeah, into him, him even if they, they want to they get rid of him. They need
0: someone to pay 70, 80 million yeah. quid for him. And he's only going to do that if he has a really good season in the Premier League where people are going, actually, this is the midfield to sign. Yeah, and
3: from what I hear, the kind of the feeling at Manchester United is the big players have been galvanised by Solskjaer that's the effect he's had mm. on the club so that probably is the right kind of environment that Paul Pogba can shine in yeah. now there is a team building around him so I guess we need to hold off till next summer to make so a proper so we're talking judgment. about exactly the same yeah, thing <laughs> yeah and it'll all come round again uh, let's move on to Sheffield United they've renewed some contracts which isn't the most exciting news in the world but I'm interested as to how this hints at what's going to happen to Sheffield United this summer and also next year because they've renewed the contracts of Phil Jagielka and Jack Rodwell which to me Marley says we've not got any money to spend in this window
2: yeah it's not the uh, not the sort of most what's the word sort of inspiring Sort of news is it when you have invigorating? Yeah, it's you know, Jagielka's is what 59 71. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the thing is, like, they're not in the team, are they? They're not the squad players. Um, I've forgotten they R-
0: even signed Jack Robwell. Jack yeah. Robwell must be laughing he's his he's off. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, sorry, I have to swore, but um, the guy is as. Uh, Stole a living For about 10 years Hasn't yeah. he and I, You know what I mean Jesus Christ He must just be putting The cones <laughs> out in training Or something like that And you know Sheffield United have said Yeah Jack's A1 at that Let's give him another 12 months Jesus Christ And I, you know what wow. I mean hey, Marley <laughs> get your boots on And head up to Bram Hall Lane <laughs> To <laughs> me, I'd fancy my chances
2: to be honest. Um, no, not in fact, not. I've, I've told the story many times about getting outplayed by Ravel Morrison at Fiverr Side. And if he can't get into the Sheffield United team, I've got no bloody chance. So, <laughs> uh, but no, Rodwell, he's not he's just not in the team, is he? He's not. Mm. He's even, I think it was only when the Premier League came back and the restart, he only got on the bench in the, the extended bench kind of thing. So, uh, I think he made a couple of played a, a few minutes at the end of the season, but. I don't know it doesn't uh, it doesn't really uh inspire the Sheffield United fans. I think they I think they desperately need a striker. Um they've sorted the goalkeeper out because they've, they've picked Aaron Ramsdale. Um yeah. I don't particularly think he's the best keeper, but he's young and you would assume he's going to get better, so fine. Uh fair play to that. But
3: probably a downgrade
2: um, on Henderson. Definitely. <laughs> Slightly, yeah, uh, but to be fair, they weren't. But... They were never going to get a goalkeeper as good as him again, unless they got him again. So, mm. yeah, that's that's a tough one. But yeah, I think they need a striker. So maybe, maybe they're saving funds by extending <clears throat> contracts and and then going big for a striker and a couple of others. Maybe, but yeah, on the on the on the face of things, giving a, a new deal to to Jagielka might be like a, a bit of a. Uh, a bit of a emotional move, mm-hmm. keeping the Sheffield United lad at Sheffield United for another year until he retires or something like that. So, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But they do need uh, investment in in other areas pretty quickly if they're going to do as well as they have this season. Ne- or last season, next season.
3: It feels like it might be a bumpy season for Sheffield United mm-hmm. next season, particularly if other teams strengthen. And they have lost Henderson. And I know we wrote them off last term, and that proved to be a completely false (laughs) suggestion (laughs) but I mean it does feel like maybe matching this season's success next season could Mm -hmm. be a bit of a stretch let's move on to Chelsea because we've been talking about them signing defenders for ages we talked about Thiago Silva potentially going to Chelsea earlier Ben Chilwell's another name thereafter 50 million pound is the price tag if they can prize him away from Leicester City apparently The Sun reporting that he's going to see a specialist over a heel
0: injury that could derail the whole thing Steve Mm. so first observations is the newspaper that's reporting that (laughs) Uh, we've got to take that tongue in cheek Um, because well I say a newspaper but well let's not get me started on that as a a Liverpool fan but um, I just think that um, yeah Chilwell great player you know no doubt about it you know certainly kind of one of the stronger left backs in the country. Um 50 million is a lot of money for him. Uh, I think in the current climate and um, yeah, I think you know if there's a heel injury there that, that it's probably got to be something serious for them to potentially back out of that deal I think. Um you know unless it's you know if it's something on his Achilles that is likely to cause a problem hmm. in 3 six, nine, 12 months time. Uh, they'll, they'll be quite right to have reservations about it, but I think they'll be trying to get navigate the way around that Chelsea. I think if they've identified him as the answer at left back, you know they want that kind of marauding left back who can track back and get up and down the pitch and and defend when necessary as well. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's just a funny one really. When I seen Sky breaking the story the other night that the the deal was getting done, I, I, I my feelings are yeah, it makes sense. It's a step up from Leicester City. No disrespect. Um, but I think for that level of cash, I was like, "Wow, that that's pricey." I mean, I've—it's weird
3: because I'd not heard about any potential long-term injury that Chilwell had. This is news to me, but this is something—or is been, it?
0: Well,
3: yeah, <laughs> this is something that's been dragging on for. I guess January was mm-hmm. probably when this was being discussed the first time potential move for Chilwell for Chelsea so there is something that's delayed it Marley
2: yeah um, but then again maybe this is just one of them uh, then throwback to that story that always makes me laugh when Tony Pulis turned down signing Denver Bar because he uh, his knee was a ticking time bomb <laughs> um, and it, ne- it simply never went off and he scored about 80 goals in the Premier League or something mm-hmm. like that whatever his crazy record was but Obviously, they, they, you know you've got to do your your, your uh, due diligence when you sign a player for a large amount of money who you expect to be your left back for the next you know six or seven years or whatever. But I, I think 50 million is good value for him, to be honest. Um, considering I think is I was hearing earlier in the in the window and towards last season that they would want 80 million for him, mm. which is which is Mind very boggling. steep. Um, if but you if five seasons, 50, out of them. yeah. I mean, 50 million, same as Wan-Bissaka. You yeah, know, yeah. them two are probably the, um, you know, two of England's full-backs for the next, uh, what, again, five or six years. So, 50 million in the grand scheme of things, I don't think is that much. Similar um, money to
0: or to buy Munich. What are we saying? Transfer valuations are just all over the shop at the moment. Exactly, though, yeah. which, is what, which is why I kind of yeah, put but, my hand up at 50 million. Sam, in the current climate, yeah. that seems a lot...
2: Yeah, but signing is Sine was only fifty because of his contract. I think if he had four years on his deal, signing would have gone for probably a hundred or one hundred and ten in the current didn't market. Did so. he
0: sign a deal 12, 18 months ago?
2: I think he, I think he is under under a decent amount of contract. Mm. Yeah, because he only broke into the team two years ago, didn't he? So mm-hmm. I would assume they've got at least three years left on him. So they are selling him when they don't need to reduce his price, kind of thing. Mm. So. You know, it's not like nine o'clock at Asda where you have that that whoops uh, sticker and you slap that on him. So nine it's, o'clock. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, nine nine pm. It's about it's six what? o'clock
0: near me, Marley. Is well, it? Yeah.
2: Christ, I need to yeah. I need to get over to where you live. Yeah, in. Totally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
2: but yeah, Chilwell, for me is is the best English left back by a country mile. So. If you're gonna if you're gonna go for someone, go for him. I think Chelsea need need to spend on left back. Marcos Alonso can't defend at all. Emerson's not really he's not really anything more than a sort of six six or seven out of ten player. He's not gonna he's not as bad as people think, but I think he's he's not as good as you need if if you're gonna sort of mount a title challenge. I think teams will always target him. But Chilwell, for me is is only gonna get better, and fifty million is I think is a fair price.
3: Instantly you you. Reminding me of uh, Tony Pulis turning down the option to sign Denton Babar reminded me of something I saw last night during the Champions League final and it resurfaced on social media. that back in 2010, West Ham made an offer to Santos of 16 million pounds for Neymar. Uh, they, they attempted <laughs> to sign Neymar for West Ham. Decided against the deal in the end and signed Frederick Piccion instead. (laughs) (laughs) You can Google that story. Around 2010 that was happening, which is the most West Ham story I think I've heard in my life. Um, One final transfer. Marley, I'll let you take the lead on this purely because I can't pronounce this fella's name. He's a Greek left back. I'm pretty sure that all these Greek players are signing to the Premier League at the moment just to prevent me being able to pronounce their names. Uh, Mm. 4.5 million quid on his way to Newcastle.
2: And his name is? Uh, Dimitris Giannoulis. Any good? Never heard of him. <laughs> 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 um, not to lie, my Greek football of... is the best. You know,
0: exactly, I'd never heard of Simikas, mm. you know, when we signed him from Olympiacos. It's like, I think the Greek league in general is so underrepresented in this country, we yeah. just, we're just not exposed to it.
3: There was that one season where the Greeks came back from winning the um, the Euros Yeah. and suddenly there was a little influx of players but other than that it's a bit of an untapped minefield yeah, yeah. potentially and yeah. as we know nothing about it we'll leave on that little bit of insight <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and wish you well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not even joking I literally know nothing about it. I only heard this rumor yesterday and I, I was stuck on a plane so I didn't have any wife or anything like to check it out. So I've i promise i'll do my homework a little bit more next time i feel like steve steve he's going to reach out to his <laughs> network i feel like steve McManaman on a on a bt sport think like i haven't done any <laughs> research at all into what i'm about to talk about oh. but I, I don't know anything about him all i'll be doing is saying you know he's he's good on fifa but i don't i don't know anything i haven't even got i've, I've never had him on fifa or footy manager or anything so yeah sorry if, if, if he's got a long way to it he, if he's a Greek pole dummy, I'll be happy.
3: Well, John, you know, let's tap into the Sports Social Scouting Network. If you know anything about this fella, Dimitris Genoulis, then you can get us on Twitter At the Sports Social, you can get us on Facebook. Just search Sports Social or it's Sports Social official on Instagram. Give Marley your intel. Steve Marley, thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. If you want more from us, you can find a load of articles. You can find a load of news stories. You can find the latest transfer rumours via our website to read or to listen to. Just go to sports-social.co.uk and we'll see you on Wednesday for the next podcast.
1: Football Social Daily. Get ready to play with a 100% up to 150 pounds plus 50 free spins over your first two deposits at KingCasino.com. Over 18s only. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. BeGamblerware.org. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club.
1: <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh? <sighs> ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash.